0: Hey, friends, this is Shugbury, and I am the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so thankful that you even found us amongst all of the podcasts of this world. I've got a great show coming up for you. And if you enjoyed it, will you do me a favor? Wherever you're listening to your podcast, would you rate it? Um, Hopefully it's going to be a five. Why do we do this? Because it allows us to rise up amongst all of the other podcasts. And why do we want to rise up? So we can bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the darkest corners of the world. So would you partner with us? Rate the show each and every time that you listen to your podcast. And I will love you even more for it. This is Sugbury. Over in doubt.
1: Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries. And she's here to tell it like
0: it is. Your host, Suge Burry. Would if you say what you want to hey ladies, I'm over here rocking to the music. I just love Jesus I can't wait till you guys hear the topic that we have for you today. My name is Shugbury and I am the host of Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. H I M number 4 Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. And we are doing a part 2 Of this fabulous book, and we're Zooming, friends. So if you're exercising on your treadmill, doing laundry, doing dishes, whatever you're doing, and God forbid if you're ironing, God bless you. But I want you guys (laughs) to get this book because you're going to always eventually need it if you have birthed a child or if you have been a child. This is a book everybody needs to get, and it's called Doing Life with Your Adult Children, Keeping Your Mouth Shut, and the doormat out. I have no trouble keeping my mouth shut. Linda Burns, do you believe me on that? I
1: mm, I think it's uh, only by the grace of God you're it able is. to keep your
0: mouth shut. It is. I think angels How's are that? holding it together. I know sometimes. it. I agree. We have the wonderful, fabulous Linda Burns co-hosting with me. Thank you, Linda, for coming on. She is not only a fabulous mother. She's how many kids do you got, Linda? I have three kids, two daughters and a son. And get this, 10 grandkids. And if you do Zoom, you can see her fabulous, fabulous face. Hasn't aged a bit after all the issues and kids and, you know, I mean, troubles happen. But we have the fabulous Jim Burns on with us today. And get this, ladies. You should see his foreword of his book. He's got Ruth Graham. Gary Chapman, Jim Daly, John Ortberg. I tell you, there are some fabulous people who have endorsed this book. Mm -hmm. And Chip Ingram, I just bought um, a series for the women in prison on Chip Ingram, uh, Your Divine Design. And what Mm -hmm. do I do? I open up his web page, and there is this book on the front staring at me. Jim, did you know that he had that on there?
2: I did. In fact, we did a webinar that's also on there, and we have a a free course on chips. Uh, website on doing life with your adult
0: children. Awesome, awesome. He has adult
2: children. He's as desperate as the rest of (laughs) us.
0: And it was selfish Uh. reasons that I wanted to do it, and I knew Linda would chip in with me. So Uh thanks for coming on, both of you, Jim. Linda, tell us a little bit about uh, Jim a Condensed Format, because we did do a part one that we did go into detail on it.
1: Well, I gave the sheet to you, Shug, oh, so I don't have anything, but I, I'm going to go, no, I'm going to go off of, okay. I'm going to go off of my memory, which is, you know, not that good. Yeah, this is not radio, good. people. This is what happens. Um, but Jim has written over, he has over 20 million, no, 2 million. I guess you better help me show. No,
0: she's she's testing her age yes. is what's I happening in It's true, about that and I'm older than you. Yeah. I am older than you. Yeah, but you look sister. better than I do, so I um, don't know what's well, happening there. we go. Okay, so Jim is <laughs> president of Homeward. <laughs> I think the most important thing that you guys get, if anything, Homeward, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D, one word, homeward.com. Please check it out. Mm. He's the executive director of that, but he's also, what Linda's trying to remember, he has close to 2 million resources in print, In twenty languages, I'm just in awe. He's got books on marriage and parenting and empowering kids, and not only that, it is one of the it is the largest resource for parenting seminars. Is that correct, Jim?
2: Yes, it is. It
0: is, and I am so in awe how God has used you Um, and the wisdom in your book. I did read it page to page. My kids have already been. a recipients of your wonderful wisdom. They didn't even know I was doing that. So let's get into the dirt. The first show, we talked about the importance of your fired, some of the early chapters, um, how you need to kind of rewire, ladies, your brain when it comes to parenting, because they're not kids anymore. They're adult children. And then now we're going to talk today and hang in there, listen to the whole thing. We're going to talk about... Um, what if your kid moves back home? How do you deal with that? How do you get them out of the house? Or how do you, you know, get them to fly um, once they're coming back? And then also we're going to talk about what if they if their values are not lining up with yours? Or how do you bring them back to the faith if for mm-hmm. some reason they never were believers or they've drifted from the faith? And then lastly, we're going to talk about leaving a legacy uh with your family and with your kids. So I can't wait to get started. Yes. Um so,
1: Jim, we last in the last segment, we talked about, um, you know, the generation that this, it's called emerging adulthood, I think, is what you refer to it as. Mm-hmm. So during that time, what, what do you do if the kids are going they're living with you and they are not living with your values? How do you handle all of that stuff? And how yeah. do you get him to leave? Yeah. <laughs> well, eventually. <laughs> launch them. I think the word he used is launch. It was much more I diplomatic love. than yeah. mine. Get out. Well, I don't
2: know if you saw that. You know, there was a movie a uh, long time ago by with Matthew McConaughey called Failure to Launch. Yes. And now there's actually something called the Failure to Launch Syndrome, which means kids have this syndrome. It's actually a psychological syndrome. And what they tell you to do is, you know, don't take care of them. Like, I, mean, I had somebody in my office. Yeah. And uh, it was Sean and his mom and dad, and he had graduated from college. He's back home, and uh, he's having a great life. He's playing video games, you know, all hours of the night, or he goes out and parties. He still has the credit card, and, uh, you know, he's been around for about eight months now, and they're wanting to move him on, and he had smoked some pot while he was doing this, and Mm -hmm. his parents are like, you know, Sean has a problem. And Sean's sitting there like, I don't really have a problem. And I said, well, actually, I don't think Sean has a problem. I think you have a problem. Yeah. And the U was mom and dad. And they looked at me like, well, what do we have a problem for? Well, you're still taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And so the way you get them to launch is to actually help them to become responsible adults. In fact, that's the bottom line, I think, when we have adult children. But by the way, it's the bottom line when we have a four-year-old or a five-year-old or an eight-year-old. It's how we discipline them, how we parent them, is to help them to become a responsible adult. So we don't help them to become a responsible adult by enabling them. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, we don't help them become a responsible adult. Even if we have the money to pay for, you know, all of their stuff, you know, it's, it's time to let them, you know, move on. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned values. Mm-hmm. And if, I think if they're not living with, I mean, I, I, when they're adults, they can't, you're not, you can't follow them around. But, you know, right. if you have certain values in your home, you say, hey, if you're going to live in our home and you're an adult, that's great. But you're going to live, you know, here's our values and, and make them simple. Don't make them c- complicated or confusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you can't live with those values, then as an adult, you have every right and reason to, to move out. And then if they're not moving out, um, but yet it's really time to move out, I'd I say don't do it in the heat of the battle, but, you know, develop a plan that says, yeah. hey, here's the three-month plan mm-hmm. and how can we help you? And, and um, you know, Shira was talking about, you know, some of her friends had the money, so help them, give them the first uh, payment for rent or whatever it might be. But encourage them what, what, if they're making responsible decisions. You know that it is time to move out. Now, again, in different ethnic cultures, that's not going to be the case. You know, I, I speak quite a bit in, around the world, and you know, there are kids who are 32 years old living at home because they're not married. That's you know, it's a different ball game. Mostly in the United States, though, I think it's time for us to help them launch. Mm-hmm. And we have to ask the question: Are we enabling, or are we helping? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, what we think is helping, is really enabling them. Yeah. And And when they learn, and they learn sometimes the hard way, when they learn, they actually become more responsible, and that's what we're trying to get them to do.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed in your chapter, because it's all highlighted, kids. Wait, I can't wait to use Uh, this on you. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so I I just loved under the failure to launch section, you know, that you talked about strong criticism and judgmental statements paralyze growth. You also talked in your book about... Making sure that you set aside steps, that you almost do like a contract for with your kids. Okay, if you're going to move back in the house, let's just outline all right. of these things. Now, my dad right. did something like that when we were kids, but it had to do with um, school and college, et cetera. And I'm like, gosh, Dad, we don't need a contract. That's just so business. But yet you reaffirm it in your book. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Right. Well, I, you know, contract is a good thing. It doesn't have to look like an attorney wrote it no. either. Um, <laughs> it's better. People support what they help create, so it's better to right. go out for a quick meal and sit with your child and say, mm-hmm. "Okay, you're moving back home. You know, what are some of the things we've got? You know, we've got some ideas too." So our daughter, uh, her name is Rebecca, and uh, she was going to go on back to college and get her master's degree in clinical psychology. And she goes, "Hey, can I move in for about two months?" It Ended up being two years, but that's another story.
0: I think that's more common than that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. But we were happy about it because as long as she was in school, as long as she was doing something productive. So number Mm -hmm. one, we said, Hey, you're here. The rent's there's no rent as long as it's productive. However, we have a couple of things. One is um, we know that you keep different hours than us and we sure aren't going to tell you what to do, but we want to know where you're at at this time and you know, you're probably watching a movie at your girlfriend's, but we want to know. Yeah. We're not going to come and follow you, but we want to go to bed. Yeah. So you got to let us know. We don't want to worry. Because at that age, with, with Rebecca, we couldn't say, you. we'd love to have said, you have a curfew at, at 1030, because mom and I want to, you know, start getting to <laughs> That's not going to happen. 1030, she was just getting started. What can I say? Yeah. yeah. But the other thing that we did is we said, this is not the Burns, and I'm laughing because, Linda, your last name is Burns, too. Maybe we're long- Right. Oh, I just
0: picked years. up on that.
2: No. Yeah. But- uh
0: they're not um, married, folks. Yes.
2: Yeah. But yeah, right. But um, but with with um, Rebecca, we said, this little pail has everything for your bathroom.
1: Mm.
2: Now, she hadn't done a whole lot of cleaning of bathrooms because in our home, we were fortunate enough to have somebody who would kind of come in and clean. And, you know, Kathy would kind of do a lot of that, you know, different types of things. We said, here's your, this is how you clean a toilet. And here's the, the thing. We still laugh about it. We'd also like two dinners a, a week and you know what there's a couple of things because we go to church we're going to ask because you live here that you go now that wasn't a problem for becca but for a lot of people it is mm-hmm. and if it would have been a big problem we made it maybe would have had to negotiate because a lot of parenting with adult children is negotiation but we said we're gonna you know we, you certainly sure don't have to go to ours but we sure want to encourage you on a on a regular basis you yeah. you know if you don't go to our church go someplace else you don't have to come and hold our hand and mm-hmm. you know what She came with us and sat with us and it was kind of cool, actually. It was a great season for us. Well, and I like what uh, you said when
0: you talked about you, each person knows their expectations. Then you said that in the book. And ladies, what yeah. am I talking about? My name is Shugbury. This is him for her radio <laughs> women's hot topics. And today's hot topic uh, is doing life with your adult children, keeping your mouth shut, and your doormat out. Linda, I know you got hmm. something burning on you.
1: I, you know, one of the parts that I loved in, I, in the book is towards the the end of the book, the last chapter or two, maybe you taught, you started talking about legacy and you, you talked about it in terms of being a grandparent, but really it could be, you know, any parent. Would you, would you talk a little bit about how, how to keep that focus, how Mm -hmm. to keep your eye on the prize of leaving a legacy? Yeah,
2: right, right. Well, you know what, that's, that's where Partly when we keep our mouth shut, we're helping with the legacy because we've we got to quit parenting eventually. Be the parent, but we've got to quit parenting, meaning you know, giving advice and what like. But you know, legacy, you know, when I die, nobody's going to really care about um, how much money is in the bank, which isn't all that much, or what kind of a degree I have or any awards or whatever. They're going to be thinking about legacy. The Bible even said, and I read it this morning, uh, that you inherit the sins of a previous generation to the third mm-hmm. and fourth generation. I came from a dysfunctional family. And Kathy and I decided we wanted to be the transitional generation, because right after that, it says, but the love of God lasts for a thousand generations. So what Mm -hmm. Kathy and I decided to do was we were either going to recover or repeat the kind of the sins of both of our our, uh, family systems, okay? I'm not Mm -hmm. blaming it all on mom and dad on either side, but the truth is is that they didn't take us in probably the same direction we wanted our kids to go.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So for us, that's very important. Legacy is very important. And we didn't talk about it when we had young kids. We didn't talk about it when we were first married, because... Very on, But now as I look back, it's one of the most important things. So, for example, this morning I came to work at 630. I came really early today because I'm in a writing project. But James, my grandson, who's living with us during this COVID time, um, with, so we've got families galore here in our own, our own home. But James came down, he said, Papa Jay, Bible app. Well, I'm, I'm more tied into doing devotions with James than I am with what I was with my own kids. Yeah. Well, that's partly because now in terms of legacy, I'm not going to be around for, you know, forever and ever, ever in James life. I want James to remember Papa J is his greatest fan, most fun, snuck him more chocolate than others. (laughs) And he knows more about the Bible as a four year old than I did at, you know, 19,
1: 25. Yeah.
2: Well, it's partly because in my legacy, I went, I, I need to put some energy there. Yeah. And so if I was going to to do that means that that's, we focus on the things that had eternal value. Mm-hmm. And then with that, with our adult children, some of that, we focus on things that don't necessarily have some of the eternal value. We you know, we're always putting our nose into something that doesn't have e- the eternal value. Legacy means you're putting your energy into something that has eternal value.
0: You know, you brought something up that really triggered something in me as well. When you just said, um, you know, you're not parenting so much as you're mentoring. Um, and, in, yeah. and that's part of leaving that legacy, just listening and sharing the gospel with the kids and you know, looking at it more from an eternal value. But what about this deal, Jim? What if, you know, today's world, they're all sleeping together. All the kids are, the singles. I mean, things are so different. What if the kids' values are, are not lining up with yours? Okay, let me give you this scenario. What if they come home and, and they say, well, I'm living with so-and-so? How are you supposed to deal with that? And then how do you bring them yeah. back to the faith?
2: Yeah. Hey, and by the way, well, that, that's a mouthful.
1: That's it is. Question. How's that? We yeah. <laughs> Wait,
0: want, we've no, moved I'm on. We already moved on to legacy,
1: stuff. No, we can't it's go still, backwards. It's no. still part of the
0: legacy. <laughs> it is still, you know. I, just kidding. I, we don't mess around, Jim. Hmm.
2: I call it the cringe factor um, uh-huh. because we didn't see the coming. None of us, you know, when our kids were four, we didn't see the cohabitation issues or smoking pot or gender identity confusion or, you know, the list goes on and on.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Cringe factor. Now, I think it's possible to still love them and have a disagreement. But one thing, we need to get information sometimes to them. For example, if you take cohabitation, in 1974, um, 75% of the population in America, not Christian or not, I mean, Christian, non-Christian, whichever, said that they would not live with someone before instead of marriage. Today, it's over 75% say that they would. And many of them are are within the church. What they forget, and it's interesting because I have a problem with the secular community on this because they understand this. They do the research. Here's research from the secular world. Greater chance of divorce if you cohabitate. Greater chance of adultery in a marriage if you got married after you were cohabitating. Less sexual satisfaction, which is fascinating because, you know, they're having sex, obviously, because yeah. they're cohabitating. But, it, but it's less sexual satisfaction. And I could give you a list. And that's documented. And this is we're talking research from the Ivy schools. I mean, this is not you know, some, you know, little dinky. Sure, right. And and so for us, we you know, so we have to understand that. Um, the point being, though, is in our home, for example, we had Kathy's brother. Um, he was living with a girl and she came to our house years ago. She came to a, to our house. And I said to him, you know what? I am so sorry, but our kids were younger. And I said, you know, I'm so sorry, but in our house, we don't you know, we don't teach our kids, this. So right. we love you. We'll even pay for a motel room, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Some people would not like me saying this, but we'd even pay for a motel room, but we, you know, you're not going to sleep together at our house. And and they didn't. Well, now they're Christians and they kind of laugh about that. And they said, that must have been so hard for you. But same with our kids. You know, you right. You can't. You, you're, they might violate values, but they're not going to necessarily do it at our house. Right. Now, let's say that they do move in. Well, they just said, I'm an adult. I want the Uh, privileges of an adult, and that means that if you were paying for their college or you were still paying for their cell phone or if you were still, you know, they're still on your dime somehow, I think that's pretty much when when you say, you know what, honey, love you so much. Here, you know, here's your payments. Mm -hmm. You become an adult. You're not, you know, doing it the way we, you know, expect you to do it. And I think you, you let them move on their own. Yeah. Many times. And you still show love. You can't be a one-topic parent. Mm-hmm. The thing that I say to parents all the time, and this is the most often asked question about bilingual values, I think, is if you can't be a one-topic parent, I say, do, you, do they know how you feel? Yes. Do they know what you believe? Yes. Okay, then go shopping with them or yeah. take them out to dinner and yeah. talk about you know other things. <clears throat> they know how you feel. Yeah. They know what you believe. So you've done your job. Again, some people might disagree with me on that. I think that's what you do. I mean, that what we don't have another choice. You don't want to shun them. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want to you know, disown them, which sometimes very conservative people do and and I that saddens me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz when they crash, and a lot of times they do crash. I mean, one out of 3 engagements break up. So what is it with, you know, with people who are living together? If that's the case, And they break up. Where are they going to go? They're not going to come to you.
1: Right. You lose that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But it's possible to say, honey, I love you so much. I got to give you this information. And at the same time, please understand that, you know, I, I don't agree with you on this. And can we go out to dinner and talk about something else?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm absolutely and amen and I know that a lot of parents are struggling with this topic and that's why I brought it up um you know I think you said you you coined it perfectly let's get the love thing right people let's get the love thing right and love our kids and yes have the open conversation let them I'm sure I I just look at my kids they already know what I'm thinking they're like (laughs) mom you don't even have to say it I can just look and we already know what you're thinking Mm. but um you know I think that's it's most important as adults that you do share, you do talk openly, you, you don't, you know, solicit advice. I mean, you don't give it to them. You wait for them to, to ask you and to talk to you. I'm, your whole entire book, I could just mm-hmm. summarize everything you've already talked about in your book. Jim Burns wrote this awesome mm-hmm. book, Doing Life with Your Adult Children, Keeping Your Mouth Shut in the Doormat Out. And you can definitely find him on his website at com. And uh, look up all the resources that are there. There's just an oodles amount of resources on parenting as well as on uh, marriage and just a variety of other areas as well. Um, what do you do, Jim, if your parents have left or <laughs> parents, if your kids have left their faith? Is there any yeah. tips and suggestions you have for bringing them back?
2: Yeah. Well, again, I think it's, it's quite similar. I, I, preaching and lecturing isn't going to bring yeah. them back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we have to treat them like we would treat our non-Christian friends. And we love them. We show them grace and mercy. Because remember, they know how you feel about that. So it goes back to saying the one question they're going to have is, do you still love me? Mm -hmm. So understand that some kids, especially these millennials, these younger uh, generation kids, you know, they they first drift. So it doesn't mean that they don't believe in God, but they drift. And I I wrote Mm -hmm. something in the book called... Uh, anatomy of a Lost Faith, and I go through, uh, no, learn that you drift, and, that, and, and then finally you kind of disobey, and then finally you forfeit your spiritual purposes. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is all along the way, there's always a chance to come back. And I say to parents all the time that, you know, this generation is is walking away. Many are, have walked away. Uh, we who are in student and family ministry say that about 65% of kids graduate from high school, and then they leave the church, wow, really? but they come back. They come back when, not all of them, but they come back when they get married. They come mm-hmm. back when they they want their kids to you know, experience the same thing they experienced, interestingly enough. Right. And so have have hope out there yeah. and be their number one cheerleader so that when they, not if they crash, because everybody crashes and yeah. everybody sins.
0: But yeah. so
2: when struggles come, they will come back to you and you can give them some God-honoring advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, it's hard. So you've got to have people around you uh, who you can cry with and pray with and, you know, pound on the pillow with yeah. and then go out and be be a witness to, to them. You know what? God cares you. more about them than we do. And yeah. that's hard to understand. But, you know, my pastor always used to say, you know, God is never too early and he's never too late. And I thought <laughs> he's been too late a lot of times. I honestly believe that, you know, God loves them, too. And God's he you does. know, they're, they're going to have a bruise or a bump or they're going to have part of their testimony is going to be you know i loved jesus when i was young i walked away and now i love him again i see that Mm. all the time i'm in a small group and then for 17 years with incredible men they all have that story except for me yeah (laughs) i'm a christian i walked away and now they're leaders in the church they're leaders you know in in ministry well they're awesome people but there's some bruises along the way yeah
0: there is there's bruises and you know as parents um ladies if you're listening as parents you know that there are bruises. And you know what? God just gives us that reassurance when he tells us in Proverbs, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And and just like Jim had said, we all have strayed and God is full of grace and goodness. And I love the fact in the back of your book, the very last chapter, you talk about being a grandparent and it's time to party with the grandkids (laughs) and i think one of the greatest blessings that there can be about parenting is having grandkids and linda you are so good about getting that love thing right and partying with your kids would you do me a favor please linda would you pray us out pray Mm. for all of our kids pray for jim the book and then we have to close i would love to
1: Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we've had together with Jim and for what a blessing you have poured Mm -hmm. into him for us to receive. I'm so grateful. I love the book. And I pray for his family, his wife, his children, his grandchildren, and all of ours that, Lord, we can trust you. We can trust you with what you are doing, and your timing is perfect, and we don't need to get in the way of you. We just need to love them the way you love us. In Jesus' name, Mm. amen.
0: Mm. Amen. Jim, I can't thank you enough for coming on with us. Uh, Would you come back sometime again?
2: Absolutely. I would love to. You guys are great. We didn't
0: scare you off or anything. You know, (laughs) one one of your books really got me intrigued. What's it called? Closer? About...
2: Closer, yeah, Kathy and I. It's the only book we wrote together. It's uh, we talk about the uh, the least developed area of intimacy in a marriage is spiritual intimacy.
1: Yeah,
2: and that was, has definitely been our story. And somebody challenged us to spend 20 minutes a week, not even a day, and um, we took that challenge and we started telling uh-huh. people that, especially doing ministry and marriage conferences. Yeah. you know, kind of some national Oh my gosh, would, they weren't doing it.
0: Would you guys? Would you come on with your wife again? Sure. Oh, yeah. oh, I would love, love that. Oh, ladies, I hate to have to go. I hate to part, but the most important thing is that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Please ask Him into your heart today. And a big thank you to Linda Burns and to Jim Burns, both the same name, not married. But thank you so much for coming on. My name is Sugbury. I love you, over and out.
1: Blood thicker than the mud. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. Family Affair